Are you tired of hearing mental health from a superficial view and want to hear about realistic views? Well, you come to the right place, a space where healing is central, but also normalized. Your hosts, Donika and Myra, who are in the mental health field, will explore topics to help promote healing in your everyday life. Through our podcast, you will get the real and the work to focus on your healing. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Black Women's Healing Pod. Today we have Khadija as our guest. Um, Khadija is from Sober Black Girls, but before we get into her introduction, I'm going to do a discussion question. So, are you ready? <laughs> yes, hopefully I am. <laughs> I'm you chime in too. So, this question is around Black History Month. Who do you look to in Black history as a role model and why? Um, in Black history, right now, I'm really navigating towards Jada Pinkett Smith. And mm. I hope that doesn't sound too, um, I don't know, like arbitrary. But I just like really commend her for one, getting sober and living her best life. And I say that for a number of, of things, for a number of reasons, excuse me. I think that like I started, I realized I had like a drinking problem. I had a problem once I became an attorney to the bar. I passed the bar, got my apartment, I got my car, blah, 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 blah. And I think that, you know, perfectionism, a sense of tokenism, and just trying to like live my best life really like drugged me into like, um, I guess like drinking excessively. And for the fact that like she was a celebrity, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of celebrities have problems with substances. Um, mm -hmm. We see people dying in and out constantly. And the fact that she's a celebrity with tons of money, but was still able to realize her worth and get sober. And at the same time, make a platform, create a platform for other folks. Um, focusing on struggles, daily life struggles. I just commend her. I look up to her so much because you can tell, I can tell that she's, from one sober girl to another, I can tell that she's really worked for the life that she has. To be rich and famous is one thing, but to be happy and, and happy with yourself, happy with your life, and to be making an active change is definitely another thing. And I can tell that she has worked towards that. So she's definitely someone I look up to, and she's Black, and I just love her. <laughs> I love her too. I especially like how she's done that work to, um, like with women that she used to kind of beef with, like even like her silent beef that she talked about, how she's yeah. really worked toward redefining sisterhood and what that looks like. And she like really, really tries to push that agenda of, you know, sisterhood is important and these are the reasons why. Um, so I love Red Table Talk. Danica, who's your person? Um, I, I would say my, my grandmother, my paternal grandmother. So like my grandmother, today's her birthday too. Happy birthday, Granny. Happy birthday. <laughs> Um, she's just she's been through so much she she's one of those women you you be talking to and you be like she'd be like oh yeah that happened to me like it's just so many things that she's been through in her life like she's lost kids and like drug addiction it's just so much y'all and it's just like you would never be able to know just because she words it so well and she's so positive like that is what I aspire to be, I think, to understand that life 
has continuous obstacles and that you can't let it like drag you down and you just got to keep going that's what she always said. I'm like granny how did you get through it like what did you how tell me how did you do it and she'd be like I don't know I just kept going like y'all I love that it. is my hero my shero. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. I love hearing about grandmas. All right. What about you, Myra? Hold on, Myra. <laughs> you hold on. My person. Well, I have two people. So maybe you don't know my person. I think I know your person already. Who's my person? My Angela. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. But um, in effort to talk about somebody who's not as famous, I'll say my person is Mary McLeod Bethune. Um, I love that. She had her hand in, like, everything. Um, Yeah. Yeah, she literally had her hand in, like, everything, like, politics, education, sisterhood. Um, I think she's the embodiment of someone I kind of aspire to be, like. um, Yeah, she's just dope all around. Like, I could go on and on about her, but she's amazing. Absolutely. Okay, so today's guest is Khadija. Khadija is a (laughs) lawyer and creator of Sober Black Girls Club Law. She created Sober Black Girls Club blog in October 2018 after noticing her own struggles with alcohol and the lack of digital support for Black women working towards sobriety. Since then, Khadija has continued to provide consistent content through her blog to support and join Black women on sobriety and overall life struggles. Thank you for being our guest today. Thank you for having me. This is so amazing. I'm actually- <laughs> Absolutely. So we're going to get right into it. So... Khadija, describe how you began to find your passion for substance use and sobriety in Black girls and women. Okay, so I, so it was October 2018, and I have, like, five best friends. It's, like, five of us. And, um, you know, I kept on, you know, I kept on saying to myself, I'm a cancer. I'm emotional. I kept on, like, using my characteristics <laughs> of, <laughs> wait, what are your signs? I'm a Taurus. Oh, my best friend is Taurus, and that's my moon sign. I, I love Tauruses. Yeah, we get along good. Yeah, we're just, yeah. I'm a Capricorn. Oh, my own best friend is Capricorn, and I love Capricorn. They're a little too serious for me, but, um, <laughs> you know, they're really good people. Oh, so I, I love you ladies already. So, yeah, I kept them blaming, like, all our arguments and fights on, like, I'm just sensitive, and they're just, like, uh-huh, you know, and I remember it was October, I think it was Halloween, or maybe a little after Halloween, I don't remember, it was maybe a little before Halloween, we went to a Halloween party in Manhattan, and again, I was drinking, and again, I got into a fight with my best friends, and this mm-hmm. resulted with us, not physical, but this mm-hmm. resulted um, with us not speaking for months, this resulted in us, um, them leaving me, me feeling like betrayed, Blah, 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 blah. And I just had to come to the realization that every time I drink, there is an issue. There is a problem. There is a fight. And that's just not normal. So I started to look online clearly. I didn't, at that point, I didn't think I was an alcoholic. I just, so I just think that maybe I need to cut back on drinking. And I just started looking online for support. Mm-hmm. And um, all of the online resources, I found one one black blog online but it hadn't been um updated since 2016 i can't remember even the name it hadn't been updated until uh, since like 2016 i believe um and i just realized that wow i can't like there's no stories online that talks about sobriety in the black community a lot of the blogs that i found were talking about 
girls who are out partying and drinking too much mm-hmm. and girls who like were talking about they grew up in this neighborhood a neighborhood that didn't look like mine and their their parents were an alcoholic and then that's why they started drinking and this and that and this and that and i just couldn't relate like my parent i come from a really strict muslim home i didn't start drinking until i went to college which in my brain was a reasonable time to drink but um to start drinking but then i learned that the disease of alcoholism doesn't care if you're muslim doesn't care if you're smart doesn't care if you're black doesn't care if you're a b and c it just it gets who it gets so i um that's what inspired me i think that's was your question i'm sorry i know i'm rambling a little bit but that's what inspired me to start sober black girls club because because when i was looking online for resources for support i couldn't find anything i couldn't find anyone who looked like me i couldn't find anyone who related to my story like i didn't start drinking because i wanted to have a good time at the age of 14. that wasn't my story um at all so that's what create helped me or i guess encouraged me to create sober black girls club so i can connect and really yeah connect with other girls who look like me and who go through similar things um as i did i love how you like did that because i think about like when we see a need for something especially if it's something that even like we're needing sometimes we don't have the courage to actually follow through and do it and so if you don't have that courage, there's other people just like you that are looking for, you know, this help and they're not going to get it, right? But for you, you knew that you needed the help. And because you made that, now other people will also need the help can connect. So it's great that, like, you are a resource and that you exist. Thank you. Absolutely. So, Khadija, how do you feel about the impact of your blog, Sober Black Girls Club, um, has had on the community so far? Honestly, when I, um, oh my gosh, I'm going to be so honest. I won't even get into names, but um, when my, th- my second year of law school, I wanna, received a really popular scholarship, uh-huh. whatever, um, from someone of no- notoriety, let's say that. Uh-huh. And somehow that person came, oh, okay. So basically, after I graduated law school, I made a commitment to go back and serve um, I guess the community that gave me the scholarship, but because I was at that time, I didn't know that I was really facing addiction and really struggling. I didn't know what I was going through. Mm-hmm. I kind of isolated myself. So I wouldn't answer emails. I wouldn't answer anything. And um, this year, I think like in December, Jen, I don't remember when, but she uh, reached out to me to asking me if I'm coming again, if I'm coming to this event this year, because I haven't been for the past two years. I think I graduated law school in 2017, and I haven't, since I graduated law school, I have not been to that event. And I told her, I just was honest with her, and I told her what I was going through, and I was like, yeah, I'll be there this year. I'm fine. I'm sober. I can, I can go. And I, I, no, so I have the link to my blog. And she basically told me that, like, oh, her father was an alcoholic. And I just was like, what? Like, this problem, this disease is so prevalent in our community than we think. We just don't talk about it. We just don't. It, and, and it's so crazy. Like, she was telling me that now that she's read my blog, she, she feels like she has, you know, that's why she stayed away from alcohol, because of her father, who was also a public figure, just as she's a public figure, mm-hmm. um, suffered from alcoholism. And I told her, I said, listen, if I would have come across your story about your father, that would have gave me hope. 
It would have gave me some type of guidance that I didn't need to do A, B, and C. I didn't need to drink to, to solve my problems. I didn't need to do, I, I would have felt inspired. So I just, I'm just so happy that girls, people in general, this, you know, men follow my blog too, which is great. It's cool. They just understand that this is not a you problem. This is a we problem. This Absolutely. is this is something that we're all facing. I don't care how religious, I don't care how perfect your family is. This is something that everyone faces. So when I get those emails, when I get those ads on social media, you know, I'm 17 days sober, I'm 16 days sober, two days sober, I feel so happy because we need to normalize it. There's nothing wrong with getting sober. There's nothing wrong with understanding that, you know, you may have an issue, whether you're an alcoholic or you just have a drinking problem, which there is a difference. There's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with acknowledging that you may be depressed. There's nothing wrong with acknowledging that you may have anxiety. There's nothing wrong with any of that. Yeah. And the more we talk about it and we have blogs about it, we have podcasts about it, the more we normalize it. And girls are going to be more willing, people in general, <clears throat> to ask for help if they know it's normal. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Ooh, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> we need to hear that. What are your thoughts on the history of substances in the Black community, specifically Black women? Um, <clears throat> all right. So I did write notes. I, I can ramble. I try not to ramble. Oh, ramble <laughs> <So> I, <did. laughs> um, I think that one, being a woman is difficult in society. Mm -hmm. Acknowledge that, you know, we do the same work as men. We work twice as hard as men. And, and not for nothing. I mean, I, I'm just saying this next part. I don't have any scientific proof, but we're kind of smarter than men. I'm sorry. We just are. Like, it's just what it is. Like, <laughs> we, we're smarter than men. We work harder. You know, mm -hmm. I, I know there's just, there's a statistic about us having, having or creating more businesses than men. We're overachievers because we, you know, we realize that we have more to prove. Absolutely. So, so just to think about being a woman and how hard that is to now add being a black woman mm -hmm. and to understand how even more difficult that is with facing prejudice and racism and violence in the workplace with in homes and schools etc 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 and at the same time thinking about our connection with the medical or the or the yeah, the medical community, how, how often in the past doctors have, I guess, um, uh, diagnosed us wrongly or may, yeah, misdiagnosed us, mm -hmm. may have called us bipolar when really we was just ha maybe having, like, having a depressive episode or something mm -hmm. like that. Just constant misdiagnosis. When you think about the systematic things that we face, and then our trust issues with doctors and hospitals. Then there's alcohol. Then there's drugs, where mm -hmm. we use to self-medicate. Yeah. And I think that that's where the, um, what was the question? The history? Between yeah, you, you own it. Yep, the history. Yeah. You, you, yep, you got it. <laughs> I gotta make sure I'm staying on top, because I know I do tend to ramble. Um, when we talk about the history between like 
women, black women with, in the black community. Yep. With alcohol, it's just easier. Mm-hmm. It's it's simple. It's so easy, and you don't have to pay a fortune to get a bottle of alcohol. Maybe ten dollars, five dollars. You get I don't know. I don't know how much um, beer costs, but I know a lot of people, you know, like beer. That's three dollars, four dollars. It's so easy to self medicate, and that's what we do. Um, I don't think that it's abnormal. I think that when we look at ourselves in comparison to non-black people, they do it too, but it's just so normalized. Um, mm-hmm. It's just what they do. But being black folks, being especially black women, we have to look a certain way. You know, we don't want our employers to think that we're weak. We don't want to look like bums. We don't want to look like this, the the um i guess the what you imagine a alcoholic to look like it was so hard for me to realize that i had an alcohol problem because i had a job i didn't look like what i thought an alcoholic looked like so it was so hard do you guys watch shameless yeah it's a lot of seasons (laughs) what's what's the the father's name wait what's the father's name on shameless no but you what's his name Frank. 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 Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. That in my head, when I used to think of an alcoholic, it would be Frank. No. Um, <laughs> someone who's so like ridiculous. So when you when you put all those factors in together, it's just like, you know, having a glass of wine, you know, it's just e- so much easier than going to see a doctor, talking about your issues, talking about depression, talking about anxiety. But mm-hmm. at the same time, if you always need that glass of wine to function, that's an issue. Your glass of wine, I'm not against alcohol. I tell people all the time, if I could just have one glass, I would drink. Of course, it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. But the fact is that I can't just have one glass. One glass leads to another glass and leads to another glass and then leads to me not waking up for work and leads to A, B, and C. And if that sounds like you, you know, then that's a problem. But if it doesn't sound like you and you're just having that one glass or whatever, that one glass at night, I know people do that one glass to unwind at night, okay, great. Or you go out with your friends and then maybe that one time a week, great. But if you're drinking to the the point or to the fact where you can't stop that's an issue and that's different than just you know socially drinking and you know having just fun yeah yeah hey it's it's most definitely deep I like the fact that you said that like how easy it is you know so it's like in order instead of me having to go to therapy or even having to talk to somebody about what I'm going through I'd rather just drink like I can do that by myself. I can do it with people too. <laughs> and it's like you say, you can go to the alcohol, the, the liquor store and get something for three, four dollars, maybe even cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, or even if you're around other people who are drinking more, they probably paying for it. Yeah. So you really don't have to pay for nothing, especially, you know, you go to the club or whatever, you have people pay for your drinks. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. hey, you most definitely <laughs> pointed out some, some cool points. So, my next question is, or our next question is, what are the main substances substances you notice Black women using and are abusing? Um, I mean, I don't want, since I created my blog, I've come across a lot of women who use different substances, which mm-hmm. is perfectly normal. Um, you're going to use what you have the, the, the resources or the funds to afford. 
So um, if you're a doctor, you know, you're not just, you're, you're part, if you're a doctor, you're more susceptible, you're more, yeah, you're more susceptible to maybe using higher end drugs because you can afford them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if you can afford something, you're going to use it. But again, like we just stated, alcohol is so cheap. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cheap. So I don't want to put out the narrative that black women don't use certain drugs and not to shame anyone, but just so whoever's listening to this, to, to this, um, blog, I mean, sorry, to this podcast, you're not alone. Like just because you use a certain substance that you've never heard anyone else use is probably because you could afford it. Um, I know at a certain point I was using certain things and cause I could afford it. And like, it, and it felt good at that time. Um, even with the alcohol, like the type of alcohol you buy, if you can afford like the more top exactly. tier, you are paying for that, right? Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. So it's like, even um, I attend, I do attend um, certain types of meetings that they like to stick, just keep anonymous, okay? Um, and you know, they'll talk about like, full locals. I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, I, what is that? What is the yeah, full local? And I've had a full logo in high school before, or <laughs> high school, yeah. I, I did have a one full logo. It was my last year of high school before I was going to college. We were on a beach in Staten Island. Um, and again, that's when I started drinking, like when I was going to college, like that college era. I remember it was my birthday, July, and I was like, this is disgusting. This is gross. So as an adult, you would never hear me buy a full logo. And when I'm at these meetings, people talk about full locals and beers. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? That's disgusting. That is gross. That is nasty as hell. But you're going to, you know, and I always tell people, if you're an addict, you're an addict. You're going to use or pick up whatever you can. But if you can't afford certain things, then you're probably just going to, you know, stick to a certain type of <laughs> drug or like just maybe beers like I know a lot of people drink beers I don't understand that I never drink a beer I don't I don't like beers I, I like the expensive stuff like Ciroc <laughs> like, <laughs> and like Moet like expensive things not I, I don't do that so Pete honestly I don't want to create this stigma that like you know a certain group of people use certain things in my opinion from what I see and what I've seen in these meetings from the people who follow me, my followers, you use whatever you can afford. And yep. if you can afford something, you're going to get it. Like, you're going to get the best of that. And if you can't afford it, like Frank, you're going to, <laughs> Frank from Shameless, <laughs> you're getting on my nerves, but you're going to use, like, you're going to drink beer and stuff, like, for locals and things, which is okay, too, I guess. I don't know. I don't like that stuff. I think that breakdown is important just because I'm thinking about, um, like, here in San Diego, meth is really big and where I'm from meth is not as I mean meth of course you hear about meth but I think San Diego was like number one in the world for a while for meth and so it makes more sense because I've been meeting a lot of like teenagers that I'll ask them what's your first drug of like the first drug you've ever used and where I'm from people usually say weed but here it's more so meth and so I think that because it's so big here they're having more access to it right because mm-hmm. that's what they're being exposed to so I think that makes sense the way that you're breaking it down yeah, it's it's really what you have access to. So it's mm-hmm. like um, I'm probably saying, I mean, whatever. Like, just be transparent. I remember I, I did my first line of coke in Miami. I went to Miami, and I was like, hey, this is actually, you know, <laughs> this is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I wasn't doing, like, when I came back to New York, I wasn't doing, it's what you have access to. It's, yep. like, in, in Miami, Coke is big. It's very big, yeah. 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 They love Coke. <laughs> and, um, you know, when I came back, I, it was out of sight, out of mind, because it's not what's big and from where I was from. Right. And um, with meth and, like, heroin, I'm not too, I don't have a lot of information on those things, because it's not something that I use or was ever interested in but again like if I maybe if I ever had one of I don't know if you call it a hit or whatever maybe I would have been addicted to it because I just I truly feel like if you have an addictive personality you're going to use whatever makes you happy exactly. from hitting that low but because meth and heroin and yeah meth and heroin and I think crack is heroin right so because no, huh? no, crack is crack is like cocaine. It's like it's based off the a cocoa leaf. I believe that's what it's called. So heroin is is something different. I it's believe. Different. Okay, yeah. I don't really have a lot of information on those three, but because those three things weren't something that I saw people use, it wasn't like in my it wasn't in my realm. You guys exposed to mm-hmm. it. Exactly. So you're gonna use whatever you if you if you're an addict or if you. Having a problem, having a drinking problem, a substance problem is one thing. But if you're an addict, which means that if you're using a substance that constantly makes your life worse, but you cannot using that, you cannot stop using that substance, that means you're an addict. So whether if it's alcohol, weed, if you're smoking, if you have a court case and you constantly need to get tested for marijuana, but you are smoking marijuana every day because you can't stop, even though it's putting your life in jeopardy, you're an addict. And that's mm-hmm. the difference between a problem smoker, user, or maybe a social user, um, yes, yeah, so a social user, and an addict. The addict is when your life is in shambles, your life is a mess, mm-hmm. but you cannot stop using whatever it is that's making your life a mess. Whether you lost a job, you lost your kids, you can't afford rent, you're behind on your bills, you know, that's when you have to kind of get into the realm of addiction. You know, yeah. that's when it's not just a problem, it's like you're an addict. So yeah, I think that I think that honestly, if you're an addict, whatever you have um, access to, you're gonna use. If I had access to crack, meth, heroin, um, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I don't want to, you know, jump to conclusions, but I'm pretty sure I probably would, you know, been addicted to those things. But I didn't have access to that. I didn't know anyone who did that stuff. That wasn't just in my. It wasn't in my community. It wasn't in my realm. Um, alcohol was in my realm. You know, and even like yeah, yeah, basically. Absolutely. Thank you for being vulnerable and kind of sharing with us some of uh, like your thoughts around, you know, that the fact that it's not that we can't even say that black women are only using one substance. Mm-hmm. Black women are using different types of substances. It depends on your environment. It depends on what you have access to for mm-hmm. sure. So next question is, can you give us a few examples of predisposed factors leading to substance struggles? Um, I think, um, I mean, there's a lot, there's (laughs) racism, prejudice, and I think that we often ignore, um, when I think about my parents, and again, my parents, you know, they never even drank alcohol, they're just like really, like my mom went to Hajj like three times, she wears a hijab, blah, 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 but when I think about like our parents and how hard they had to, to work, um, 
how much they have to suffer as immigrants, like coming here, getting working twice as hard for lower pay, um, mm. being looked looked down upon. How are you not supposed to feel some type of worried? And how are you not supposed to like want some type of outlet? And I'm happy. I'm so happy, and I'm so like grateful for our generation that we're making mental health a. a a thing nowadays, but we know that mental health was not a thing, especially during that time. They didn't really care about how they felt. They just did what they had to do. They worked 10 jobs. They took care of grandkids. They took care of their kids. They, they did what they had to do just to survive because a lot of them didn't even feel that they belonged in this country. And that's just immigrants. What about the, the, the black folks who were born in America from due to slavery? you know, the, the type of feelings that they must have felt, the type of feelings that they feel today, just feeling un, unappreciated, unwanted. How are you supposed, and, and at the same time, not trusting the government, not trusting doctors, mm -hmm. not trusting uh, white psychiatrists and, mm -hmm. and this and that. How are you, you know, how, how are you supposed to feel that word? You're going to feel that word with a substance and that's what normally happens. So I, I do definitely um blame racism poverty um sexism i blame uh yeah basically those factors in work school um homes violence domestic violence uh tokenism i know that that was my issue i know i i drank in high school but i was abusing alcohol once i graduated from law school i moved back to new york city and um, I wasn't used to like the work, the work home life. I was used to like going to, to school, having people praise me. I was used to like getting scholarships and awards. And I was used to like making a change and just feeling like getting compliments on top of compliments. And I didn't realize that perfect uh, tokenism, I didn't realize that perfectionism was mm -hmm. a thing. So I started going into counseling. And really realizing that me wanting to be, I guess, wanting to be praised by other people was an issue for me, which led me to, to continuously drink. So there's an, and, and again, that's due to what? White supremacy. Like, who do I, who am I really looking towards for, for compliments and rewards? My, my dean, my principal, my teacher, again, white supremacy and tokenism, and perfectionism and again police brutality is another issue another issue i would think is incarceration there's a tons of issues and factors that contribute to drinking definitely we have about six more minutes left but we have a question Sorry. that we have to ask um, okay. <laughs> do you think there's a correlation between mental health and substance abuse disorders yes and i'll answer that in 30 seconds okay um it's not directly related Okay. But I think that when people don't understand, um, oh, just an example to answer this question, um, you feeling depressed, mm -hmm. you may drink, you may use, and they may take away that feeling for a bit. But once the drug has like worn down, the alcohol has worn down, um, what's, what is the, the withdrawals mm -hmm. is anxiety and depression. <laughs> so basically you're adding more depression, anxiety to you, to your, to your brain, to your, to your chemical makeup, um, by using and drinking. So it's not directly related, but people need to understand that if you're feeling depressed and drink and, or, or anxious, 
Drinking is not the answer. You're just going to feel more depressed, more anxious right after that high or that buzz comes down. That's the only thing that's going to happen. So what is the answer is going to see a therapist and getting professional help. Yes. So our last question, which we ask all our guests, is do you have any takeaways for our listeners? Yeah, I, I do. And I actually wrote this down because I was like, I don't want to real. I'm sorry. Like, guys, I ramble a lot. I'm a cancer. Artist. No, it's good rambling, though. <laughs> if it was like annoying rambling, you would tell by our faces. So you're good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm going to make this real quick. All right. So this is what I'm going to say. It's never too late to change. In the beginning, when I was trying to get sober, I kept on relapsing because in my head, I kept on thinking, oh, I'm always going to be a drunk. I'm always going to have this problem. I'm always going to be this and that. And what it is, is that we've allowed, like, we've allowed society to implant, like, to implant self-limiting ideas, I guess, in our brains that confuse us. Um, And tell Mm -hmm. us, if you're 50 years old, you can't, you know, you're probably always going to be a drunk. Or if you haven't started acting since you were 20 or maybe like 18, 17, you can never be an actor. You can never get an Oscar, blah, blah, blah. And I just want you to know that those ideas are are killing you it's killing us and it's stopping us from really truly living our real life you're never too old you're never too far enough to change you can live your best life right here and right now by making that decision and i used to think because i'm so i'm so much of an intellect that i used to think that like oh um, i used to think that thinking came before actions my addiction has taught me that actions bring out better thoughts so even when I don't think, even when I, I don't think, um, even when I'm thinking about alcohol, I'm thinking about doing A, B, and C, I'm thinking about not going to gym, I'm thinking about sleeping in. If I just get up and go to a meeting, go to work, not pick up a, a drink, that's basically helping change my, helping to change my mindset. Yeah. But we, I don't, I used to never realize that i used to be like well if my mind is saying a b and c i'm just gonna do it no your mind is a vessel on its own and it just says a lot of shit that you probably don't even really want to do i'm sorry did i just curse on your podcast you absolutely can (laughs) okay good you know it tells us a lot of things it tells us a lot of wrong things i used to think that our mind was the strongest vessel my addiction has taught me that the mind is really the weakest, one of the weakest vessels. And we have to work to, towards making it stronger. And the only way we can work towards making our mind stronger is by taking actions, little actions day by day. So that means going to one meeting a day. If that means um, going to the gym, waking up early, praying, meditating. If that means whatever, even if your mind is telling you not to do it, do it. And I promise you in a week, in maybe two weeks, your mind is going to tell you, girl, get up and, and go to that meeting. Girl, get up and go to that, to, to whatever, that class. Get up and pray. Get up and meditate. So that's my, my takeaway. You're never too old. It's never too late to change. And if you feel like that, it's just the disease of the mind telling us that. But in truth, you're never too old. You're never, it's never too late to be the person that you want to be. Yes. And y'all heard it here first. The mind is one of the weakest vessels and we have to work toward making it. Hey y'all. So I think that this subject is, you know, something that the black community does not talk about a lot. Um, 
And I think in particular, even talking about it, like for black women. And I think that's why it was so important to have Khadija on the podcast because she has literally created um, an outlet for black women and a, and a resource for black women to come and feel supported and not to feel alone when it comes to sobriety. And even when it just comes to, even if you are, like she said, even if you are drinking or whatever drug you're using, just being able to be mindful of how it's impacting you. Um, so shout out to that. I do, I do want to talk about um, like the fact that I, I guess for something that I think about in the black community, it's just like, it's a liquor store on every corner and a church. I don't care what nobody says, that's true. Mm-hmm. Any so-called hood I ever been in, or even sometimes if it's not the hood, if it's a more like low-income community, start paying attention. It's a liquor store every corner, and it's a church on every corner too. So even that in itself is talking about your environment. If I live in a neighborhood, that has a liquor store at the corner versus it has uh, a wellness center or it has a yoga a yoga studio or it has a dance studio you know like if I walk down the street if I'm having a hard day and I'm coming home from work and that's the first thing I see I'm probably more prone to go to that I'm right. probably go get get some alcohol or whatever even if you go get some alcohol it's probably somebody selling drugs out there too so there you go with that too so, like, your environment plays a huge part of it, but then you also have a choice. So, even if you live in an environment, you don't have to go to that liquor store. You know, maybe you don't, maybe you can't go to the yoga studio in the corner, but maybe you can do yoga in your house. Maybe you can look up a YouTube video. We all got Wi-Fi, internet, and everything at this point. So, like, we have access to change our minds. We can't use that as an excuse all the time anymore. But that's my rant over. <laughs> that's definitely true I mean it's good to point that out um coming from someone who grew up where everywhere all you see is liquor stores I think it's relatable um so do you have anything you want to share for our listeners this week excuse me um no I think um I mean obviously Black History Month is in February I most definitely am a an advocate of Black History Month is every month for me. Black History Month <laughs> is every day. So if you want my social medias or anything, you're not gonna ever see me just focused I'm on born black and I'm gonna die black. <laughs> <laughs> Blackity black black. Hey, <laughs> I haven't heard that song. <laughs> <laughs> don't look up the song. I don't even know what it's called, but blackity black, but everything black, all black. Like, <laughs> like so I I feel like Black History Month is every day for me. And, you know, I I feel like, you know, this month is awesome because it highlights it, you know. But, yeah, happy Black History Month. Happy Black History Day. Happy Black History Year. Century. Decade. Life. <laughs> All your life. <laughs> what about you? What's coming up for you? Um, I found a book and it's by Chaney Allen and it's called I'm Black and I'm Sober, The Timeless Story of a Woman's Journey to Sanity. Um, and it's an autobiography about a woman. Um, she talks about like discrimination, like being a black woman, also like her journey to sobriety. I also went to Barnes and Nobles today. I am that person. I go to Barnes and Nobles and I read the book there and I don't even buy it. Um, but whatever, who cares? So anyway, I posted about it on our story today, but the book I read today is called Eloquent Rage. 
and it's by um let me look up her name Brittany Cooper and it's a really good book it just talks about her journey with like the having white friends having black friends and she really talked a lot about um how I don't know if you've noticed but like black women are kind of put against each other and so she kind of talks about how like you're kind of dumb if you think you don't need black women as your friends being a black woman and she really breaks it down like the importance of that I'm not gonna tell y'all the importance because you need to read the book um and then she also talks about her experience of having certain white women as friends um whether they were bad experiences or good experiences and then she transitions into talking about her journey um with becoming a feminist and what that looks like because she's a black feminist and she -hmm. talks about what wave of feminism that she um feels like she's a part of but she kind of balances two of them but again I'm not gonna tell you all the details you gotta read the book um but yeah it was a dope book I literally sat in that bookstore read the whole thing (laughs) (laughs) the fact that you know all of this too that is yes and then Barnes and Nobles is doing this um this thing where they're highlighting black books for the month and there's this other book and it was a man on the cover and I was like what is this about because the other books didn't look that good and I was like they could have picked better books but whatever so anyway the book is called no ashes in the fire and it's about this man his name is Darnell Moore he's the author of the book and it talks about how where he grew up um people bashed people who were gay and so although he wasn't gay some kids in his neighborhood tried to set him on fire and then it's like a memoir where it talks about him trying to be well the people in the neighborhood trying to set him on fire as a kid and how this transitions into his adulthood in the book when I tell you the first page I was like this is good like it was a really good first page the back of the I can read both books though so I'm definitely gonna order that book it was pretty dope I mean I think the whole concept is pretty cool so yeah those are my books that's dope all right so when it comes to discounts the discount is (laughs) the discount is to come to black women's healing circle in san diego okay that's the discount i don't i you know like like the free game (laughs) right that's free game that's the tip that's what they call that's the tip (laughs) so at this point once this black women's healing pie is released our inglewood circle would have already happened so we know that's gonna be lit so at this point if even if you are in los angeles in any area you in if you want to come to san diego march 7th please do so march 7th we will be having our circle in san diego purchase your ticket um i think it's 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 gonna be lit as well um so yeah y'all have to come come to our event (laughs) All right, y'all. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Black Women Tilling Pod. Be sure to tune in um, next week for a new episode. Uh, feel free to DM us with suggestions of episodes, questions that you have, or any other things that might, you know, help our pod out. So we look forward to chatting with y'all again soon. All right.